This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Tenkara Cast, a new episode uh, being recorded here at the end of March 2016. I'm uh, now back from a couple of weeks vacation that I took where I completely logged off the internet and that's the only time that I can recall um, possibly since the advent of the internet where for two weeks I did not check email I did not check Facebook I was just completely offline and I think that was wonderful for my head actually I I think I should do more of those although today uh, Monday here I'm catching up on emails and I wonder how many times I should do that or how often it was uh, it was good though it was a uh, visiting family in Brazil. Um, I will confess that for the first time also in probably about seven years, I touched a reel again. I was not fly fishing, but um, I spent some time with my parents on a sailboat. And my dad is an av- avid fisherman. Uh, he does some tenkara. He doesn't do any fly fishing, uh, but he does a lot of conventional fishing with a reel. And one day we were catching these. We were on the coast uh, on a sailboat on the on the ocean. And at nighttime, especially, we would see these. I'm not sure what they would be called in English. I have to do some research, but some type of swordfish. Um, and he set up the reel with some squid. I was using bait. I will confess that. Um, and for the most part, I was just snorkeling around. You know, my dad was fishing, but uh, I would come back to the boat and I would just kind of, you know, spend a little time fishing with him. And he had one rod set up. I, uh, we did not set up multiple rods. So, um, I was not actually doing the one, the one doing the most of the fishing, uh, but funny story. He set up the rod um, one of the evenings, and you know, like everybody kind of took showers, and went, and the rod was there set up waiting for a fish to take. And when it was his turn to take a shower, he went on underneath in the in the cabin in the boat, and the the buoy, uh, little illuminated buoy, started moving. This was nighttime. And there he is taking a shower, and I see this thing moving, and I do have to do what I have to do. I have to touch the reel, <laughs> and and I'm there, I'm there, kind of screaming, "Dad, Dad, you have a fish on, you have a fish on!" But there's no chance that he could be coming up in you know in time to catch this fish. So I went there, gra- grabbed his rod, and pulled this fish. It was a. I'll try to see if I can post a picture of it on our on our podcast page here. But it's fish that's about four feet long, very skinny, bright silver, and I brought him onto the boat, and he has these like gnarly teeth. So it's not really a swordfish, even though that's what they call it in Brazil, uh, espada, it's called. Um, but very gnarly looking fish, and we were actually catching fish to keep for cooking for dinner or lunch, and we uh, kept it. The next day, I cleaned it for, for the family, and we cooked it on a grill on a sailboat, and that was wonderful. I uh, 
do not have any qualms to say that I touched the reel and I used some bait to catch fish. Uh, fishing was not my objective on this trip at all. I just wanted to log off. Most of the time I was snorkeling. Um, I was learning a little bit how to sail. Sailing is a new activity for my parents and they've been kind of learning it for the last few months and they were kind of teaching me what they've learned so far. Uh, my wife came along. It was her first time uh, on a sailboat. And for both of us, it was the first time that we were uh, spending the nights in sailboats. Um, so wonderful activity, learning new things. I learned more of, you know, like how to sail. Um, I got a chance to do a lot of snorkeling. My wife was uh, pretty much learning how to snorkel uh, for the first time. And we did some really other really cool things. I, um, you know, like while snorkeling, I caught a couple of sea urchins and, you know, my parents are always afraid of them thinking that they could sting you. But I went there and I grabbed a couple, opened them up and served them a fresh platter of uni. Uh, uni is the sea urchin on top of rice. My parents are usually picky eaters, but uh, they took that and they loved it. Uh, so new experience for them. Um, I also at one point I had a really cool experience my dad he pointed out to a beach where we were near and he said that if I just took this trail there would be a lot of jackfruit on the trees Uh, he had been there before and my parents had never eaten jackfruit Uh, I'll try to post a picture of that but um, you know I had to to get to the trail I had to swim maybe a hundred yards so I jumped off the boat swam to the beach barefoot went on this trail for a couple hundred yards found a jackfruit tree and luckily to me i found a few jackfruit that were within reach and one of them luckily uh, was ripe and i took that swam back to the boat with the jackfruit above the water and opened it up and served it to my parents so that was a really fun experience as well so lots and lots of new experiences and i came back And this is actually a topic that I've wanted to discuss for a long time, uh, which is taking up new hobbies, new activities, new experiences, Um, because that's what Tenkata is for a lot of us. Uh, For for me, when I first discovered Tenkata, it was a completely new hobby, um, you know, new type of fishing. And since then, I have been introducing Tenkata to a huge number of people uh, outside of Japan. you know, particularly in the U.S., but just thousands and thousands of people have taken up this new activity. One of my great pleasures in life is introducing new things and new experiences to people. And I've realized that because of Tenkata, you know, I've always done it my whole life. I wanted to show new foods to people. I wanted to teach people new uh, sports that I have been learning. Tenkata was a really good way to do that and show me how much I like doing that showing my parents how to eat a sea urchin or a jackfruit, helping my wife uh, with learning how to snorkel, and then myself learning a little bit of how to sail. Um, Pretty much um, my entire life I have also enjoyed tremendously learning new sports, taking up new hobbies. Um, I have a very deep curiosity about things, and I always want to learn how things are done. Um, I don't have the longest, um, you know, attention or retention span. I think fishing and rock climbing are the two activities that I've done the longest. And I started both of them at around the same time when I was about 14 to 15 years old. Um, 
but pretty much every single year uh, since then, I would say, I've probably taken up a new activity um, and learned as much as I could. I've never gotten incredibly good at <laughs> most of them, but uh, it's always been fascinating for me to learn new things. Um, but the one thing that I've learned from trying to take up so many new activities uh, year after year is just how intimidating it can be and you know how sometimes we tend to overcomplicate things in the beginning and we make this monster in our head you know like oh my gosh you know it's uh skydiving it's got to be so complicated it's got to be you know absolutely the riskiest thing and you know and then when you start like really learning it you realize it's not quite as bad as it looked before you started uh, but anything has its challenges uh, if you're taking up even bicycling, like last year, I took up road biking, um, and just the learning what kind of bikes there are out there, and the gears, and the sizes of bikes, it was absolutely daunting. Uh, but then I, once I started kind of trying a few bikes on, and I got a, to talk to a couple of friends, things really became easier. So the topic of today, long story short here, I've already been talking for over eight minutes, but the idea, what I wanted to share today is just the idea of taking up new activities without making this monster in your head. Um, just to give you a few examples, in the last few years after I started Tenkara USA and after I started introducing Tenkara here, I took up ice climbing. It was a new sport for me. I took up, uh, and I've been doing that for about three years now. I took up skydiving. That was a completely new activity for me. I did that for about a year, and then I decided that I kind of got out of it what I wanted, which was to kind of fly a little bit in the sky and that kind of thing, but also to learn a new thing. Uh, and I decided I had enough of that one. <laughs> uh, before I got hurt, I don't want to break any limbs, so I decided to give it up. But I also took up road biking, and biking was really interesting because bicycling is one of the very fundamental experiences, but to me it was absolutely intimidating to learn you know, much about road bikes and then start learning techniques. Um, I also took up mountain biking. Um, so these are all new things to me that I know a lot of you probably have been doing for a long time. But that's where I'm kind of getting this experience from and what I wanted to share. And, and then how that applies to taking up something like fly fishing. So with anything, uh, a lot of times I think the intimidation starts with the equipment, uh, especially something that's not quite as uh, extreme as skydiving. But we start looking at equipment, and that can seem to be very daunting. So we, you know, like, some of us might just kind of get some used gear from friends. Uh, others, other of us uh, might get to spend hours and hours browsing the web and learning about the equipment that is available um, and doing all this incredible amount of research before we commit. And yet others just get a suggestion from somebody else and go and buy it. Uh, so there's a lot of different approaches to equipment. And that's the first thing that I wanted to talk about you know, the equipment uh, that comes with new activities. So to give you uh, an example, um, you know, when I took up road biking, I actually bought a couple of magazines and I started like learning the lingo of mountain, uh, road biking. Uh, a little bit of the sizes and a little bit about the fits. 
But nothing really kind of came together to me until I went to a couple of stores and got on a couple of bikes and understood what a 54-centimeter frame meant. Uh, and I think the same thing uh, can be done with fly fishing. So we can take any approach here. We can spend numerous hours on the web learning about what gear is appropriate for us. Um, or we can go to the fly fishing store nearby and get some feedback from reputable dealers uh, that can point us in the right directions, put the rods in our hands, and we can wiggle them. Uh, or we can just talk to friends. But the, the thing here is that a lot of times with any of these approaches, we make big monsters in our head. We, uh, before we kind of go into it, we overthink it, overanalyze it. And I think there is a better approach. Um, with fly fishing, of course, we can talk about Western fly fishing and Tenkara separately uh, in here. But, you know, like in Western fly fishing, you have the standard, you know, the standard kind of rod sets. You, you know, like a five weight is kind of like a typical starting point. And you get a rod, rod a reel, and then you have to get a fly line, uh, you know, and leaders. And things can get really complicated very fast because, you know, you have the different rod lengths, but then you have different reel sizes and weights um, and different line weights that can go better. You can just get the standard one, but, uh, and then there's a hundred varieties. With Tenkara, we made things a little bit simpler. And one of the things for me with Tenkara, to share a little bit about my story, when I discovered Tenkara, I had been fly fishing for about 13 years or so. And I was a director of a fly fishing club. And over and over, um, I would get people coming in to the club and saying, like, I want to take up fly fishing. I just don't know where to start in terms of gear. And, and it's really hard to kind of start pointing people in the right direction because you have a lot of different rod lengths and lines. And to some of my friends, I just said, just go look for a five-weight, set up that you can afford uh but that's really not the you know things are usually not that great when you do that um you just you know like the experience is not quite as good when i discovered tankata it was just really a good way for me to tell my friends that i wanted to introduce fly fishing it's like here here's all you need you need a rod any of the lines that go with Tenkara, any of the Tenkara lines will work fine with this rod. You don't have to worry about length uh, or weight and that kind of thing. In terms of length, uh, I started with about the same length as the rod, but there's no exact formula. You, uh, just give or take a couple of feet and, uh, and get longer later on if you kind of want to. But at least to get started, you need this rod, you need a line, any line thing for Tenkara. You need tippet. Uh, rather than going into all the X's, I just said, get a spool of 5X tippet that's going to last you a year and, or more and start using it. But getting started is always the hardest thing. That's where we create, the, as I mentioned, the big monster in our heads. And I think the fundamental thing in any sport is finding a good, easy way to get started. Because once you get started, you learn a little bit about the language, then you start playing. And then naturally you kind of start picking up a few things that you wish were a little different in your setup uh, that um, you know that perhaps you know you kind of start learning like the places where you're fishing or doing any other activities might be more appropriate but to begin with 
I think it's important that we just have an easy way in. With Tenkara, any of the rods work fine for pretty much any situation. We have two rods in our lineup, for example, that uh, we always recommend, either the 12-foot Iwana or the adjustable Sato. Those are kind of like the main length of Tenkara rods. Uh, if you've never fly fish, we typically say get a spool of the taper line. Uh, if you have some fly fishing experience and you want a little bit more versatility, get a spool of the 3.5 level line. And that's just the middle of the road, uh, middle weight of the level lines. And then once you get a tenkara rod, the line, the tippet, and a few flies, any fly works okay, you start playing. And that's all we want, really. We, we want to start playing right away. And once you start playing, you start having fun. And then later on, if you really wish you had a shorter rod, you'll know. Uh, but the rod, like the Iwana and the Sato, they do the job equally well, um, pretty much across the board. And that's the same. That's pretty much the same thing across any sport. And that's what I've learned by taking up a lot of different sports over the years. With ice climbing, for example, it was pretty daunting to kind of learn all I could about ice tools, you know, the, the ice axes. Uh, crampons, screws, ropes, uh, all this stuff, even though I had a rock climbing background, um, learning all this stuff, even clothing, like what kind of pants and that type of thing to buy. But then I realized, you know, like on my first trip, I had borrowed some gear from a friend of mine. He lent me some boots. It was uh, some pre-old boots. He had some old crampons and tools, and it worked. And I started playing pretty much right away and then I started learning um, when you have a friend to take you of course things are a little easier you can just the learning curve is a little bit quicker more steep uh, when you're taking a sp sport on your own like for me uh, in terms of road biking for example here in Boulder I see all these people road biking all up and down the roads and I always thought it was pretty cool just the idea of getting out of my garage and just going for a long ride um, I started doing some research on my own, but at the end, I just, it came down to me finding a bike that was my size, um, went for a ride and it felt like everything was okay. And then just start playing later on. I started learning a little bit more about the cleat kind of shoes and, uh, you know, some kind of clothing that helps. But the important thing I think is to start playing. And that's across the board with any sport. Um, skydiving, you go take some class and you pretty much right away start playing. Nobody teaches you that much about canopy sizes and, you know, different rigs. Um, the first thing you do, you take this with skydiving, a four-hour class, you jump. You're playing right away. Um, later on, you start learning about the equipment. So I guess the bottom line here is when you're taking up any new activity, don't sweat. Do not overthink the equipment. Uh, get something that will kind of work, you know, across the board, just kind of like what is recommended as a standard. Typically, I like to say don't skimp. Like if you're going to be buying equipment, don't skimp on it on your first purchase because you can outgrow it very fast. So for, uh, you know, my experience ice climbing, for example, I went on the first trip with a friend, used his gear, uh, couple trips later or one trip later actually I found somebody on Craigslist that was getting rid of some crampons and ice tool actually a friend of mine recommended I talked to this guy um, got it pretty cheap got started got to play a few more times but very very quickly I kind of outgrew that equipment um, if I 
had just spent a little bit more money, I think I would have been happier and I wouldn't have to spend twice. So there's, I guess the summary here is that don't overthink your equipment too much. Just get something that's going to allow you to start playing. But as your budget allows, get something that you're not going to outgrow very fast. I think the important thing is to get out and play. And of course, like there is activities that are going to be simpler uh, to take up. So Tenkara, in a way, is the simpler version of fly fishing. Um, a little bit less decision-making in terms of what equipment to match with each other and what to get. Um, when we're looking at other sports, you know, like there is, um, for example, bouldering, uh, you know, where you just kind of scale boulders uh, and you have a little mat maybe to protect you. That's a simpler version of rock climbing with ropes. You know, a lot of people take up climbing by bouldering, just playing on rocks. And then once they start playing, they go and start learning a little bit more about equipment and ropes. Um, you know, like camping, for example, I think, I think it can be argued um, that, you know, camping like off of a car, like some car camping is a little bit simpler than backpacking. But once you camp a couple of times and you get that kind of fear off of your head uh, of camping, then backpacking will be kind of like a natural extension later on, if that interests you. So that's just one way to look at it. Um, but if you're considering taking up tankata or fly fishing in general, don't overthink your first purchase. Just get out and play and have fun. That's my episode for today on the Tenkara cast. Just something that uh, I had been thinking about and maybe I'll, uh, one day I'll elaborate a little bit more on the topic as well. But uh, just wanted to share my experiences. I hope you, um, we're looking at spring right now. So I hope you're, if you don't fish yet or if you don't fish with a Tenkara rod yet, I hope you're going to consider taking it up and going out and playing with it. And I uh, hope to see you on the stream as well. Take care and until next time on the Tenkara Cast. And as always, I want to thank my friend Nick Ogawa, also known as Takenobu, for letting us use his music, which we use in the introduction of every episode of the Tenkara Cast. Nick uh, Takenobu just released a new album called Reversal, and you can find that at takenobumusic.com. This song is called Che, and I want to say that I really, really enjoyed having his music on my um, iPhone here when I traveled to and back from Brazil tremendous music as always so take a listen and go check out his album at takinobumusic.com